Cable Smith, welcoming everybody into another episode of Campfire Conversations. This is the 47th installment, I do believe. Uh, so thanks for being here. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And of course that you got to spend some quality time in the deer stand or duck blind or both. Uh, we did. Um, actually went up to Broken Bow for three days and uh, one of my buddies got married. I forgive him for uh, getting married during the rut. It, uh, one of my lifelong friends, it's his second wife. The first one passed away. And uh, we had a, an amazing time with family and friends and super stoked for Luke and his new bride, Ashley, and uh, his kiddos, Judd and June. Uh, exciting stuff. And uh, glad to be a part of that. Much to be thankful for. And then came home and did the uh, three circuit family Thanksgiving tour. Only one at our house, though, so that was that was good. And we opted for fajitas, very non-traditional, uh, but super easy. And then did uh, the two traditional Thanksgivings amidst Cowboys football on Thanksgiving Day. Then Henry, myself, and Henry's buddy headed to the deer lease. And the hunting was terrible, not going to lie. Got to give credit to Henry and his buddy. That was his first time uh, to go hunting. And I guess it was the full moon. Uh, but the rutting activity was non-existent. Just completely turned off the faucet. But now this week, uh, checking cameras, <laughs> the bucks are moving around in daylight again. So poor timing. Uh, we opted to go duck hunting the last morning, made the boys, or didn't make, they wanted to, uh, help me build a pretty sweet duck blind, showed them how to make a, a proper duck blind build, and then we hunted out of it uh, Sunday morning, so... We, we made the best of it, but only saw one deer in three sits. I mean, it was just bad, bad, bad. Worst I've seen in a long time. Uh, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. And, uh, you know, you can't beat the Thanksgiving uh, tradition of spending time at, at deer camp. So, uh, yeah, good times. Uh, what are we doing on today's episode? Well, we've got Jarrett Wybrun here, and uh, he's got a very interesting tale to share with us. Uh, I don't want to spill the beans, so without further ado, let's bring him on right now. Jarrett, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. So you're uh, you're joining us from Rimrock, Arizona. Yes, sir. Rimrock at my house. You sent me uh, a snake emoji. I, I figured that was for the Diamondbacks. And, yeah, uh, I figured that was going to come up. So uh -huh. you're, you're in Texas. I'm in Arizona. Yeah, well, it was a good run for your Diamondbacks, but ultimately, uh, much like the Astros, they ran into the buzzsaw that was the 2023 Texas Rangers. So uh, congrats to, uh, you know, for a great season. But so I have no ill will towards the Diamondbacks. I thought it was cool in 20, I think it was 2001, they right. beat, it might have been the Yankees, but I remember Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling were on that team. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's been, you guys have been, mired in futility pretty much like my rangers uh yeah how old were you in 20 uh in 2001 well, though 2001 uh 14 no oh, so did you live in arizona then yeah oh yeah, so that was a big deal to you back then oh yeah it was kid. exciting then you know we yeah. were going to a lot of games that year and they were a fun team to watch yeah and well, cool. uh it's kind of like now you know it's a, it's fun to watch them they they're fun to 
you know, they're a young team. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can run it back next year with the same result. <laughs> and, uh, but it's, uh, it's not that I don't like the Diamondbacks. I'm indifferent towards them. Yeah. Same, same. Carroll's exciting though. He's an exciting player. Yeah. He's a, he's a super fun player to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, well, cool. So do you primarily hunt at home or do you, do you, uh, take it everywhere out West? Yeah, we, I try, try to travel around, you know, as much as you can with work. And, mm -hmm. um, I've hunted a few different States. I lived in Montana for a while as well. And, uh, spent some time hunting there and, uh, New Mexico when I can get a tag and Utah. Um, but yeah, primarily at home. Um, just like everyone else trying to get out as much as we can, you know, apply as many States as we can. Yeah. So I had purchased a couple points in Arizona and then I, I eventually just quit because it was at the time, I think the application, which you had to, you had to buy the tag as a non-resident or Whatever it was, at the end of the day, you were in for like three hundred and eighty bucks just to yeah. get your preference point. And yeah, I was like, you know what, this, yeah, this is a highway robbery, and I might be in a wheelchair by the time I finally have enough points to draw anyway. So I quit with Arizona years ago. I think I have six points in Utah. I have enough in Colorado to draw to, to draw a good elk or mule deer unit. Wyoming, I burned my five points last year, so I went to Wyoming last year, and then. uh bought a landowner tag in New Mexico this year, but I have, uh, I have options with Colorado, Utah, maybe sometime in the not too distant future, maybe not for elk, but you know, possibly mule deer or something. Yeah. But it's always, it sounds like you play the same game as me is, you know, build them up to where you can burn them in one state and then do it again in a different state the next year. Right. Yeah. Just keep, keep trying. I mean, the what's, point it like for, what's it like for a resident in Arizona, as far as elk and mule deer go? It's tough to get tags. I mean, mm -hmm. even as residents right now, you know, for premium tags, you're looking 15 year wait, you know, mm -hmm. that you're, you know, to get some points built up. Okay. And uh, it's, it's tough unless you just get really lucky. Yeah. So where did you elk hunt this fall? Um, we were up in Northern Arizona. Um, okay. I had a tag there. I drew a uh, early rifle bull tag. Oh, nice. Um, got lucky and pulled one of them. I didn't have the points for it, but I somehow got it. Mm. So I'll take them when I can get them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, ended up killing a really nice bull. He's, uh, right in that 370 mark. Wow. So That's can't incredible. complain. Mm. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, is elk your favorite thing to hunt? Um, you know, I, I do love bear hunting. I mean, there's something about chasing desert bears around down here, spot and mm. stock it's really, it's a, you know, fun time. Um, but I don't discriminate. I, I, everything, you know, if I can get on hunts with buddies, I'm going to be there. Um, sheep hunts. That's my new biggest thing. I love getting on sheep hunts just cause I don't know if I'll ever get my, a tag of my own. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to tag along with anyone that has a tag and help out where I can. I did see that on your Instagram and I guess, uh, someone you knew had shot a nice desert, uh, bighorn. Yeah. Uh, this past year, I probably August, I guess. Uh, we do the sheep hunts in December. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And the, the last two years I've been able to get on, uh, three separate sheep hunts Way and, cool. uh, they're, they're a good time. And I have a couple more lined out for this year as well. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We have all dad in Texas is like poor man's sheep hunting. Yes. But it can be challenging, you know, and they, they actually coexist, uh, out 
out in West Texas where our desert bighorn are. Right. And, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. We've spent a lot of money on uh, desert bighorn restoration. And so they'll just fly helicopters and shoot the odd dad and leave them there. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with protecting the, the native species, right? Especially considering how many taxpayer dollars they've dumped into it. But I think they should open up like a draw and be like, hey, you know, let's let some guys go in there and yeah, because when you shoot them and just leave them lay, well, yeah, okay, right. In the, but you could make money. On the other hand, it's like, well, here's it wouldn't be a lot of money, but if you could do, you know, fifty odd ad hunts instead of shooting three or four hundred of them out of a chopper, right? It's so it difficult seems, though. You have so much private as well, though, right? Yeah, this would be more uh, like uh, state parks. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Big Bend. Uh, yeah, Big Bend State. I think Big Bend, Big Bend is a state park, but there's certainly public resources out in West Texas and that area um, mm -hmm. where they could, where they, where they are shooting them, uh, for right. sure. Um, but yeah, well, that's cool. So she, you've got the sheep bug. The only way to, I guess, uh, scratch that itch is to tag along. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless you got thirty grand to fork out right now to go somewhere and. I uh, just looked at my bank account. I don't have it, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, um, I guess one thing we probably won't agree on, I also saw on your, your social media, because that's how I became aware of you was this viral video, which we'll discuss in a minute, but, uh, I, you're, you're a shed hunter. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I do love the shed hunting. Uh, -huh. okay. Um, so I was on a mountain lion hunt in Colorado and my, uh, outfitter, was uh we were we were chasing the hounds and came across a nice matching shed of I wasn't a monster probably a three hundred and twenty inch bull a nice bull right and they had we were this was in uh this was in April so they weren't old right they were they were uh -huh. brand new and I picked it up I was like oh that's cool and I just threw it back on the ground he's like what are you doing I was like well I'm not packing this thing out like it. Do, is it attached to the elk's head? Did I miss something? Like, <laughs> I saw the, it's just funny. I saw no value in it. And uh, he was like, we got to find the other one. So, of course, like, you know, he's scouring. Every, we spread out and I help him find the other one. It wasn't far away. And then he straps him to his pack and walks like five miles out with the thing strapped to his back. And I'm just like, I don't get it. But yeah. each their own. Do they end up? Here's the, here's the uh, million dollar question, though. Do they just end up in a pile in the garage or do you sell them? You know, I, I like to have some in the house. I'll keep them around, you know, mm -hmm. for decorating and the wife will have some she likes. Um, I find one, I might rotate it out with another one and I'll end up just selling them. Uh -huh. Um, there's good money in them and it yeah. kind of, it, it pays to get me out outside and hike around and keep me in shape. Yeah. Um, but I did find one this year that was completely, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it before. Um, just had big palmation on it and a big club coming off of it and super neat shed. Um, that one won't ever go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it was just heavy, dense, big mm. horn. Well, so does Arizona have strict laws? Like I think it where was that wild ass rodeo where you probably saw it where they had this area and they opened the gate and then it might've been in Montana. And then there's, dudes on horseback and dudes on four wheelers and dudes on foot and women and everybody. And it's like 
opening day of shed hunting and i i just couldn't i didn't even in yeah. a million years think that that was a thing like for yeah those, those game ranges in wyoming and colorado and mm -hmm. montana they have game ranges and and that's where those end up um taking place and mm -hmm. i i i won't go to anything like that that's okay. ridiculous yeah well um, I, I, I mean i understand Oh yeah, yeah, that was the best part. Yeah, like, I hope yeah. he's alive. I mean, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. I don't wish any ill will towards the dude, but I mean, that, it was—it literally was a rodeo. I mean, it was. Oh my gosh, it was insane. Uh, it, but I understand why they have to do it because a lot of those people will molest the animals to try to get their them to drop their headgear and then yeah. push them in there at their weakest point in the dead of winter. Uh, there's not a lot of food on the range, covered in snow. Right. So I understand, but to me, it's sad that it's come to that where people don't respect yeah. the resource enough to just leave them alone until it's and, and it's drop coming. In, I think in every state, um, Utah, they had that bad winter last year, and they shut down shed hunting um, for a certain amount of time. I mean, they were in bad shape. Yeah. Um, and then same with Arizona. I don't. I don't think it's going to be just open all the time. They're going to end up doing something just because it's the same. You know, people get out start chasing elk around and bumping them out of their winter grounds and it's just hard on the animals so arizona doesn't have any laws currently uh i know two years ago i think it was two it was two or three years ago you guys banned the use of trail cameras on right public land can you still use them on private you can still or... use them as long as they don't aid in harvesting that animal Okay. So if you well, just that's... wanted to go out and recreate using a trail camera, you could still use that's it. That's not what hunters are doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't yeah. have my trail cameras out for recreating. Right. I have them out there because I'm trying to tip the scales in my favor when I, you know, trying to kill something. Right. And I don't, I hope they don't go to any more closures and, you know, mm -hmm. I don't want any more stuff working against the hunters, but it, it just seems to be the way things are going these days. You hear stories and see i've seen more cartoons about it from from outdoor uh, humorous than i've actually seen real photos but have you ever walked by a water hole and seen like 10 different cell cameras on that on a tree there? oh yeah yeah really? and that's just tipping the scale some of these in um prime units and for deer like the strip was a lot of the problem and uh like unit nine for elk um there you you could go to some water holes and yeah 10 15 cameras on there <laughs> and everyone you know saying oh my i got this great picture of this bull and i'm the only one that knows but not, everyone knew about these animals you know it's the person saying everywhere. feeding that line is telling a lie if they're looking around seeing all the yeah. cameras right there yeah i spent a, uh, nine days in new mexico elk hunting this year and i saw one trail camera that was it Wow. Yeah. And it was, I was surprised where it was too, because it was way off the beaten path. So whoever walked there, I, re I respected that hunter. Cause I was like, ah, yeah, they put in some effort to get this thing here. Yeah. You know, it needed to happen. It was getting pretty bad. I mean, you, you could see it definitely affect animals when they'd come in and they just, you know, the, the not flash was there, you know, the infrared. Mm-hmm. But the clicking and all those, you know, noises and cameras you're making, it, it, it affected them. Mm -hmm. So, and it, it sucks. Oh, we can't the use traffic them. traffic going in there. Yeah. Checking oh. the cameras and it's, uh, it, it changed hunting definitely. So. Yeah. 
I think so. For the so better. overall, good or bad though? I mean, I miss it, um, but I also just use that time now and go glass instead of going and running cameras. Uh-huh. So you just got to spend more time in the field. Right on. Um, so you you shot a nice bull in uh, Arizona, and I'm assuming you said it was an early season rifle tag, and I just was looking at went back to check out the viral video you posted it september 6th mm-hmm. was that on your elk hunt no okay. so we were scouting um for elk hunts and uh just i you know happened to see the elk down there so i you know i saw his video and i'm checking them out you know i was like oh there's a cool bull down there uh-huh. and uh yeah I mean, it's just, and then, I mean, I don't know if everyone has seen the video. I mean, maybe. Hold on. But before you, before we get to that, I want to ask you one more question about elk. So living in Arizona, where you just said you shot a 370, I don't know if that's your biggest bull or not, but Arizona, it takes forever to draw there because there are so many big bulls. Mm-hmm. What, at what number does your interest start to peak? Like when, is it a 350? Is it a 370? Have you shot a 400? Yeah, me, you know, I, average, I you know, the average flatlander from Texas, we're not even, we're, if you put a five by five in front of us with a bow, we're not passing that up. It doesn't matter <laughs> how big it is. <laughs> I, you know, I guess it depends on the unit and the tag you have, honestly. Uh-huh. Um, going into the hunt, I, I wanted to kill, you know, like a 350 bull. I haven't mm. killed anything big, big, you know, what I consider, um, you know, like some 300 inch bulls and, and, but this one I was, considering a, a trophy tag and i you know i consider a trophy you know 340 350 they're great bulls sure um so i i wanted to set the bar a little high but i mean i, I like i don't know characters cool you know it just depends on what what comes out in front of you you know steps mm-hmm. out and make that decision there okay so uh yeah going into it 350 that was my number uh-huh. and um anything above it was I wouldn't hesitate. And so, so this was this was a scouting trip for that hunt. Yeah, I mean it was some it was I was in elk units just checking out different spots. Uh-huh. Um that unit there I was I wasn't in my unit. Okay. Um I was scouting to f- help a friend out on his elk hunt. Okay. And so you're just rolling uh, your cell phone I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So I had it um, attached to my spotting scope, um, and just you know filming through that, and uh, on a phone scope. Uh huh. And, uh, and so I mean, I'll let you explain what happens. But essentially, there's a bunch of elk in this in this bottom in this field, and uh, one starts running, <laughs> and then something's chasing it. Yeah. So I got to my my glassing's knob I was going to for that afternoon, and I, uh, I could hear elk already just mewing a bunch. It had to have been a bunch cause I could hear them from a ways away. So I started glassing around and I found them and there was a bunch of cows. I mean, there a lot of cows for early on, you know, that bull had already wrangled up a bunch mm-hmm. and seen the bull and he was, you know, in that 340, 350 range. So I was thinking, well, I'll, I'll start filming him. You know, he's a cool looking bull and he's in a good spot to film. So I got everything set up and I just kind of filming. And as I'm watching them, you know, through my phone, when I'm filming, I could tell they were a little like on edge, something wasn't right. 
and they they kind of start shifting around well they they shifted to the left of the screen and about then they all pick their heads up and they they kind of just dart and at this point i'm still filming so i zoom back a little and i went too far and it went black on my screen so i zoom back in real quick and as soon as i zoom back in i see a lion running through the the frame of the camera and it's right you know barreling down on a on a younger cow uh-huh. and uh so it, i i just continued to film following it and it it makes a big loop and it kind of comes back to where all the elk were standing and um at that point the elk had gotten away and i was pretty excited you know i was like yes you know <laughs> I, it's pretty cool to be watching all this and see it get away. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. You know? And then, well then, you know, the worst happens and the elk tries to jump the fence and doesn't make it. It gets yeah. hung up in the fence and the lion is still, you know, 30 yards away, sees an opportunity and takes it and, you know, grabs a hold of that of the elk and just proceeds to, to kill it. So how long, I mean, the clip that's on, Instagram obviously doesn't show the whole thing, but how long did it take the lion to actually kill the elk? Because the elk's caught in the fence. Right. They ain't going anywhere. It was, so once it got on the ground and it got positioned, you could see once it positioned itself, it just latched right onto the throat or throat or right in the face. I couldn't tell exactly Uh where, um, and then proceeded to start suffocating it. Well, I mean, that was probably 10, 10 minutes before the lion actually picked its head up and um, I could see that, that, you know, it was done killing it. So 10, uh-huh. 15 minutes, it was a good span in there. I just let the camera run. Oh the man, time. a hunter's bullet is so inhumane. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, all these anti-hunters, you have, yeah. like, they don't even know the reality of yeah. how uh, brutal nature really is. So right. lion does its thing, kills it. What happens next? So... After it kills it, um, the elk how did it drag it out. out of the fence? I, I skipped something. How did it get out but of the fence? It when it rolled, it kind of rolled the elk back out of the fence, so it didn't okay. get hung up in the fence. Um, but once the lion looked, it looked like he he needed to catch his breath a little because he sat yeah. there for a minute looking around, and then finally it it stood up and it um, got kind of like behind the elk and started dragging it backwards. And it, it wasn't working very well for it. So then it, it changed its strategy and the lion kind of stood over the top of the elk and then grabbed it by the head with his mouth and then proceeded to straddle it while walking with it. And it, it went way smoother like that for the lion. What do you think the lion weighed? Um, It was probably, it was a mature tom, probably in the 130 range. Uh-huh. And uh, um, and a and a cow elk, even though it was a younger one. Yeah, I mean it's probably at least a couple hundred pounds, for sure. And he just I mean, it, was a, it, it wasn't a young calf. It was yeah. definitely a, a you know over a year old, decent. Yeah. So two or three hundred pounds, and it's able to just manhandle this thing. Yeah, oh yeah. And you think about they can do the same thing with a mature one, right? The the strength is amazing, right? Yeah. So so. Do you see it drag it off? And what happens next? So I, I watched it drag it off and it got to where it, it was in a, a drainage, a small draw. 
and it drug it to the one side where there were trees. And once it got to the side there, I couldn't see where it had drug it to. But knowing what lions do, I grew up hunting them with dogs. I knew that lion was going to bury it, you know, and it's going to find a shady spot. And so I, I just sat there the rest of the night glassing and, uh, you know, I never seen it again once it got into those trees. So at that point, you know, I'm calling buddies and telling them about it, you know, and, and I was very, you know, I didn't send the video out. I sent screenshots of stuff mm -hmm. and people were already like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's insane. And then the, you know, the question starts, are you going to hunt it? And I, I was, you know, I was kind of going back and forth on it. You know, I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm, I don't even have a tag yet yeah. and the tags we can buy over the counter in Arizona. So the following morning I go back out there and I go to my same glassing knob and I start glassing and I'm looking around and it's slow. Like I'm not even seeing elk and rightfully so they, you know, they all got boogered out of there by a lion. Right. And, uh, I wasn't even sure if the lion was there, you know, if he'd still be around cause you know, they could bury it and then go do things and then come back at any time. Well, I, as I'm glassing down there, I, I constantly keep looking and like, I, I see coyotes down there and I can hear them and, and, uh, they were sitting within a hundred yards of the kill where I seen the lion drag to. I didn't know exactly where, but they're sitting there barking at the lion and they wouldn't go near that kill. Mm -hmm. So at that point I was like, well, he's got to be still in there because the coyotes would be on that kill if that lion wasn't sitting there. So I, I talked to a few buddies and, and, uh, I kind of went back and forth. I didn't really want to go blow the area up because it's, starting the archery hunts pretty quick you know and i didn't want to mess with the elk and they're like well at this point they're already messed with you know the lion right. and they're doing all the damage and so they finally convinced me i said i said okay i'll go i'll run to town so you know that's an hour drive and this is in the morning so i i drove to town and got my tag and uh went back and um it's about a you know hour there hour back and then is a two mile hike in to where the lion actually killed the elk mm -hmm. and the funny thing is that everyone on the on social media they're like you should have just shot it from right there you know it's over a mile you know from where i was videoing like it's <laughs> not that easy you know right um so i i looked at the map and i i pinned it where i thought that the the kill was at on on my uh onyx and so then I, I took off into there and uh, I made a big loop to get my wind right. And I I got up over into that drainage and I, I just kind of started creeping from tree to tree. And I, I never could see him and I couldn't see the kill. I could see the fence and I could kind of like put things together, you know. Were the coyotes still there? Uh, yeah, they were farther back. Mm -hmm. And they were like down in the drainage and they could never smell me. And like the way I played my wind, it worked to where I was just missing the lion and then missing them. Cause I didn't want to mess anything up. You know, I didn't want to take any chances running something into each other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, once I got into that drainage, I just kind of took my time going tree to tree. Cause at that point I was within a hundred yards of the kill mm -hmm. and, um, I got, 
worked around and I sat down in some shade and I just sat there and waited and I didn't know if he was still there. And, um, finally I did hear something. I heard almost like a rock roll, you know? And so then I'm really looking into the trees, trying to find some movement. And, um, finally I caught a little glimpse of him and he, he was coming out of the tree and then he went back in, disappeared. So at that point I knew where the kill was located and, uh, just sat there and waited. I had the gun ready at that point. And, uh, what once caliber? He did, it's a 300 PRC. A little Thank overkill. God you didn't say six, five Creedmoor. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> he probably no, still this, be running. Is that not the stereotypical shed hunter caliber? <laughs> no, I do, I'm happy to say that I don't even own one. Good. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. so at that point, you know, I was ready on the gun. I, I was, in the just sitting up and had the gun on sticks and he came out again and it i mean it was just a tight window through the the brush and as soon as he stopped i i cracked him and uh i could see him through the scope when it hit he jumped like three feet in the air mm -hmm. so i knew i'd hit him well and once he hit the ground i mean he was like a bat out of hell he was, he took off running. I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there confused. You know, he just got hit with a 300 and right. he's running. And so I jump up and I run out to the bottom there. And when that lion come around the corner, he jumped a jackrabbit and he just went to instinct mode and he went chasing the jackrabbit. Like he was going to kill the jackrabbit. And at that oh, point wow. he ran in front of me again. So I'm shooting at him again, and I miss because he's running so fast. This is incredible. <laughs> it was insane. And so then he he turns and runs straight away from me, and I shot again, missed again. And um, I don't know how I missed. I shot right. I could see that. I walked up there, and I found the, the tracks where he was running, and I found my bullet mark right mm -hmm. in between the tracks. So, I mean, it was just I had to have just missed him. So at this point, I'm kind of starting to freak out. You know, I'm like, I, you know, I might have missed him, you know, because yeah. I see them chasing that rabbit like like nothing happened. So instantly I start tracking because it's it's after five o'clock in the afternoon. And I didn't, you know, I ain't waiting for dark to start right. tracking a mountain lion, you know. Yeah. So I start going and, and I'm on his track and I don't, I'm not seeing blood. And it took me about, I don't know, hundred yards. And I finally cut blood on his track. And so I'm okay. I got, I, I hit him like I thought. Mm -hmm. So I'm tracking real slow and there's not a lot of blood. So I'm kind of nervous and I get up closer to this thicket and I'd made it about 200 yards and I, I, I haven't seen him or, you know, heard nothing in a minute. And I, I'm about 15 yards from the thicket and I hear a branch break. And so now I'm really on high alert, you know, I've oh, yeah. got my gun on my shoulder, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And I start circling this thicket and I get around to the side and I'm, I'm at 15 yards and, and all of a sudden that lion pops up from behind this log and he's like hissing at me. You know, and so he stood, he sat up and I could see that he was hurting. Like I, I shot him through the shoulders and that was the crazy thing is he was running 
like nothing happened. He has so much muscle mass that he yeah. just powered right through it. Wow. And eventually once he got the blood pumping, you know, and he caught up to him. But uh once he sat up, I shot him again and and then that was the end of it. But I mean it was it was absolutely crazy, the whole situation. Oh, dude. Yeah. I can't imagine. And I I don't know. I don't think I've ever I, I mean I've gone to the tree where cats yeah. are in the tree many times. Uh but to actually walk up on a wounded one, that's more like yeah. that's more like African style, you know, dangerous game hunting. Yeah, uh, it was definitely intense. Like I, I've I've hunted with hounds growing up for many years and i've been on the ground with lions but i've never been that nervous because mm-hmm. i think i had the security of the dogs with me you know right 100%. you know that's that's their job they're gonna take care of business yeah um but this time there that you don't have that there so <laughs> um that it was a very nerve-wracking i'm not gonna lie i was nervous and so he was a mature tom yeah yeah he was a a really good tom i, I wouldn't say he's giant but he was just a mature tom right right super cool and so, and you said you grew up doing it obviously you have a lot of experience so how many lions have you taken this is my second lion that i've killed uh-huh. um i've been a part of a, a lot yeah. um yeah. i i helped when i was a kid outfitters that ran mm-hmm. dogs and um just did it so i could be out there learning how to run dogs and i mean i've seen a bunch with I, some old timers I always said I would only kill one mountain lion, and uh, that was a lie. I want, that, that lasted about two years, and I was like, no, I want to go do it again. And uh, yeah. I think you can – there's no reason to kill one every year for me. Like, if I had hounds, even then I think I would be – I would go and treat the cats and let someone else kill one that hadn't killed one before, right? But I don't know. Uh, I'm not knocking it if you do, but – No. It's edible. We ate it. Oh, it wasn't yeah. the best thing I've ever eaten, but it was good. I mean, we we ate this lion, and I grew up under the impression that lion was not good. Hmm. The old timers were like, "Don't even touch it," you know. Just let give it to the dogs or whatnot, right. you know. And uh, I think times have changed, you know, where people are starting to venture out into different things and trying stuff and. Not saying that they they haven't ate lion before. It's been going on forever, but right. Um, you know, we ate it, and I absolutely loved it. I've um, eaten uh, lion or mountain lion, uh, lynx in Canada on a trap line trip, and bobcat. And uh, I'd say the lynx was my favorite. Lion second, and bobcat gross. Don't waste your time. Don't touch I can't it, imagine huh? trying to eat a a coyote. Oh my gosh, no. A wolf. Uh I'm gonna pass on those. And if yeah. you want to try it, more power to you. If you cook it, I'll try a bite of it, but I have no interest in doing it myself. Yeah, I'm not gonna eat a coyote or a wolf. No, thank you. Yeah. But um we did make a lot of that lion into tamales. Tamale. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so Good I mean stuff. it and it's a hit. Everyone loves them. Even the old timers that I, I used to be around, the the old timers they knew, so they always said that lion made the best tamales yeah. and uh, we cooked it in a pressure cooker and literally just fell apart. Mm, nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Uh, for sure. 
I did uh we did sliders with like a blackberry uh jam on like uh -huh. king Hawaiian rolls and slow cooked it as well. Oh, they were pretty good. Now I am thinking it was it was good. Uh the backstrap I did uh for some guys on a on a thermal hog hunt. We did one weekend and uh they they were all from Missouri and had never tried either and, and they thought it was pretty tasty. But those same guys the year before I shot a bobcat and that's when we tried the bobcat and mm -hmm. it was not it and part of it was because we didn't slow cook it and we didn't season it we just like purposely didn't season it and just threw the backstrap on the grill we we're like let's see what it really tastes like everybody right. one bite like, that's, that's disgusting okay that's inedible <laughs> so yeah um and it's funny you mentioned the way it jumped when you shot it i've uh only shot the one mountain lion out of a tree and it jumped out of the tree but I've shot quite a few bobcats and they all, they all, I mean, sometimes they just drop, right? But yeah, more often the cats just have this amazing, well, they say cat like reflexes. And I've got right. one video of a bobcat uh, that I shot with a thermal. I think it jumped 10 feet in the air. It was insane. Right. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew I had hit him, but it was just, mm. you know, you're second guessing though. Like, why is he still running? Guessing, especially when he's chasing, you know, he's barreling down on a, on a jackrabbit like he's going to kill it. Uh huh. Um, yeah. and then to see that I blew both of his shoulders out, you know, that was incredible that he was still running that way. Do you, did you find it more rewarding to have that experience to get it on video and then use your acumen as a, as a sportsman to stock it yourself as opposed to hunting him with dogs? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it was completely different, you know? Uh -huh. Um, and then to have no one guiding me in either, you know, right. just to do it off of pure maps and, and knowing the lay of the land and figuring that out as you're in there. Um, yeah, Playing definitely. Wind and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 100% uh, different, you know, mm. um, I do it all over again. I loved it. It was, it was pretty awesome. Very Not gonna cool. lie. I wonder how many people have seen that video by now. It's hard to say. So my, my page, it, it it was over 600,000 views, uh -huh. but then there were so many other pages that picked it up and ran with it and it was all over the place yeah. once big other pages posted it. So, yeah, um, I saw I, it I ran, and I was going to post it, but then I was like, well, once I reached out to you and you're like, sure, I'll talk about it. I was like, well, then we'll just wait, wait, wait and post it then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's very cool. And, uh, yeah one of those freak things that you never expect to see but i think that's why why hunting and, and fishing in the outdoors is just so appealing it's uh you, you never know what's going to happen there is no right. set rule of this is what's going to happen on this day because right. you don't know yeah i mean never never would i have guessed that that would have happened that day yeah well very it's cool funny when you talk about things you know you, you say you know you, you talk about mountain lions the day before you know right. and then the next day that happens you know it's funny when things happen like that right because the day before we were talking about mountain lions uh -huh. and then the, the the next day you know i have that happen to me and it's crazy absolutely absolutely well yeah man i appreciate making uh you making time for us today and just uh, sharing was very cool and uh, i'm sure surreal experience are you going to uh, get a rug made out of the cat or what's the plan there yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on, and and uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna have it tanned. Yeah. Um, I have a, a lion rug already and a bear rug, and uh -huh. you just start running out of room for rugs. So, 
Um, yeah. I've got other bears that like I've just tanned now, and you just find a, a good corner to hang them in and uh-huh. and put them on a hook, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it's cool. I mean, and and taxidermy is just so expensive these days, you know. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like everything else. So. Oh yeah. Well, cool stuff, man. We appreciate it. And uh, what is your uh, what is your Instagram page if folks wanted to check it out? Yeah, my Instagram is uh, at uh, JL Wybrin. Cool. Lots of so, good Western stuff on there. Even uh, shed hunting, if you're into that too. So yeah, that's it's big, man. <laughs> you gotta have to do it. It's fun. It's rewarding when you get into them. So it's fun. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, thanks again. Appreciate yeah, the time. Thanks for having me on. All right. Adios. Yeah, bye. So there you have it. One of the crazier tales that you're going to hear. Uh, outdoorsman Jarrett Wybrin joining us from Arizona and uh, watching a mountain lion kill the cow elk that was caught in the fence. And then Jarrett went back and uh, tracked down the mountain lion that killed the elk and put his tag on, on that bad boy. So uh, fascinating stuff there. And isn't that part of the reason why we are addicted to this way of life? You know, something new, something exciting, something unpredictable might happen on any given day in the great outdoors. Uh, I think that's a lot of the reason why we keep going back. It is for me anyway. Uh, Thanks to everybody for tuning in to this edition of Campfire Conversations brought to you by Kent Cartridge and the Fast Steel 2.0 Waterfowl Load. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith. Y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Day. There's a party up ahead, an angel to my right, I took my hand and brushed.